Hey y'all, what's up? <laughs> I'm sorry, I was just laughing because I did this like whole intro. It was like a minute long, but it was so stupid. I was being too goofy and I just had to start over. So part two, hey y'all, how y'all doing? Let me know um, by pausing it and literally, you know, talking at the screen and letting me know how you are because I want to know, you know. I would love to know. This is a healing community. We are a community. So let me know how you doing. And if it's not good, then I hope it gets better. And if it's good, then yay. <laughs> this is The Healing Corner with Nicole Hills, you know, a podcast dedicated to healing <clears throat> and spirituality as well. And I mainly focus on inner child healing because everything goes back to your inner child specifically to childhood you know a lot of our triggers our current triggers our current wounds our current things that set us off you know emotionally um psychologically yeah a lot of things that a lot of or the direct cause you know of our mental health currently can definitely be traced back to childhood. And I feel like if we all did the work of reviewing our childhood, I was going to say interrogating. (laughs) Well, like, yeah, kind of like an interrogation because, you know, unfortunately our ego, I was just writing about this, um, I posted it onto my Instagram, but it was like a loving reminder. You don't have to wear your survival as a badge of honor. And of course, you know, that is on Patreon. Go check it out. Um, But it talks about mainly how the ego, its main job, like its literal job is to protect us. And not all the time is it that that protection is actually for our highest good you know it's job like you'll come to see that the ego's job it like does its job very literally you know it protects us but without any like moral context you know it doesn't have an awareness to be like hmm maybe don't protect them this way You know, because this way they're just going to be living in like a false reality or they'll just be caught up in an illusion. It'll be like, it'll just be like protect, you know, in any way that it can. And our ego formed when we were in childhood, you know? So a lot of the ways that our ego protects us now, it is kind of like a, well, not kind of, it is a childlike way because it stems from childhood, you know, where we had to do the most with the tools that we had. And so we had to go an avoidant route, you know, in response to trauma, our fight and our flight kicked in. And in this episode, I'll get more into also our fawn response, F-A-W-N. Well, yeah, you'll see that when you saw the title. (laughs) 
But yeah, you know what? This is for everyone listening now. You know, you may be listening with a friend. You know, you putting me on to people, you know. Um, thank you for that. <clears throat> a foreign response is part of our um, responses to trauma. So there is fight, there is flight, and then there is fawn, which is basically adapting to the harm and the harmful environment. You know, our childhood selves pick certain routes to go down, you know, certain responses because it had it didn't know any better you know and so thinking of that and thinking of the ego and just thinking of how we handle things today you know it's important to kind of you know interrogate your childhood so that you can see it clearly without any veils that the ego put in front of our face, without any illusions, you know, that the ego put us in for our protection. So (laughs) that, um, if you want to check that article out, it is on my Patreon. There is, you know, like a little snippet on my Instagram that I provided, you know, for my loyal followers. (laughs) But if I must say, if I must, must, will say, it is a really good article. You know, it opens your mind a lot. My mind was opened a lot while writing it and researching, you know, for it. And yeah, I hope you check it out and get (laughs) enlightened. So before we get into this episode, you know, we got to talk about compensation because you know I love the work that I do I love being a healer I love healing and just getting this type of information out to people so that we can ultimately be autonomous you know and find the strength in that and be stronger people or feel like stronger people because we already are strong You know, we already are a lot of things, but our mind is convincing us that we're not. And so I love putting people onto this information so that we can find our strength again. Um, But of course, I deserve to be compensated for that, you know, like anyone does. So in the spirit of that, my cash app, if you want to send me, you know, a little bit, well, not even a little bit of love, you know, it doesn't need a cap. If it's a little bit, a lot of it, it don't matter. Cash app, dollar sign, N-I-C-C-C-1. You can also, I mentioned my Patreon, check out my Patreon where you can support me every month for $4.44 in general as a creator. And when you subscribe, you get additional treats like the um, recent article that I just put up on there. But there are also journal prompts. There are also other writings that um, <clears throat> and other articles that I've written, which you can check out and, you know, read up on and, you know, get some more enlightenment. <laughs> um, non-monetary ways to support me are just by, you know, like being in the community, liking my posts on my social media, commenting on anything that resonated with you that, you know, is energy 
And that's also a form of comp- um, compensation because, you know, it's really good energy. Um, <clears throat> also giving me a follow on my other social media platforms. My Instagram is at Nicole.Heels. Everything else, my Twitter and TikTok are both at Nicole Heels. Um, I create content on all of them. So you can give them a follow, interact with my content, interact with me, share this podcast, honey, to anyone that you feel like, you know, would really enjoy it, really resonate with it and really benefit from it. And um, yeah. And thank you in advance. Now, let's get into it. So I was reading one of... (laughs) my now favorite books. I used to have a love-hate relationship with that book. I put it down for like a year. (laughs) Like I read a a few chapters at first, but it got too triggering and I had to put it down for literally a whole year and I just picked it back up, you know, just got the urge. But it's a book Um, I forgot the author, but everyone I feel like knows this book is really popular right now around, um, you know, healing spaces and it's called emotionally, um, immature. (sighs) Dang, I'm messing up the title. (laughs) Hold on y'all. Ah, yes. I was going to say emotionally immature children of parents, (laughs) but it's called adult children of emotionally immature parents. Then in smaller font, it says how to heal from distant, rejecting, or self-involved parents. And the author is Lindsay C. Gibson Sidey. That's their um, title, Sidey. You know, like PhD, but it's Psy, like psychology, and then a big D. Anyway, pause. Anyway, I was reading that book and... They were talking about the fawn response, you know, fawning as a response to trauma. And of course, you know, a lot of synchronicities came afterwards. I was on TikTok and, um, you know, I'm into psychology and I follow some therapists on there that also break down, you know, um, psychology as well. I should have been a psych minor. I was just telling someone this. I really should have been a triple minor. Like I should have petitioned to be like the first person to be a triple minor or something, (laughs) or maybe a double major. I don't know. Ciao. Anyways, they were, um, yeah, talking about the phone response as well. And basically what, how I've come to understand it is that it's basically the response of, if you can't beat them, join them. You know? We don't feel... It's like, it comes at times when we don't feel safe fighting and we most likely cannot fly away, you know, and never not encounter this situation again. Or we can't fly this situation at hand right now and so we fawn you know we give in we adapt and we choose to not only accept but just be absorbed into this harmful event you know we adapt to it you know and in this we essentially abandon ourselves 
You know, we abandon our thoughts and our feelings and our natural way of being in order to fit into this structure that you do not feel equipped to fight, you know, and you can't run away from and you can't disengage from, but you feel it would be better if you just complied. Because disengaging from the group may mean being isolated and disconnected from. And if you know humans, like we're social creatures, you know, we literally need social connection or else our overall quality of life declines. Our mental health declines from a um, physiological standpoint or physical standpoint. So I don't know. Today is kind of weird. I don't know words that well today. And I should because I'm a writer, but we all have those weird days. It don't matter. But in terms of like from like a literal physical sense, if you're just alone all the time, say you just collapse. And if someone found you within the first hour, you know, if if you lived with someone, you could have survived. You know, say you're eating and you live alone, you have no one around you, you're more so isolated, and you start choking. There's nobody around to help you. You know, we need people. But then from an emotional standpoint, we also need people in order to to, um, influence our quality of life. It's nice to have people around us that relate to us, you know, that we can talk to, that we can share with, share energy with, share love with, you know, share good vibes with, share a lot, you know, people to care about and for people, have people around that care about us, creating connections. We need connection, you know, and so... If disengaging from the group means being isolated and disconnected from, and then, like, number one, that scares us. But then going further to possibly be the victim of the group's harm and shame, those are two risks that we may register as more dangerous than if we just gave in. And so we just give in. Speaking from, child, y'all are going to be like, what? But yeah, speaking from a former bully, a former mean girl. (laughs) And I just thought of a tweet. (laughs) That was like, oh, all the mean girls, (laughs) all the mean girls in school start getting into, um, you know, like occupations surrounding around care and like caring for people where all the mean girls turn out to be healers later but like yeah well at least for this mean girl child because I was in pain and I thought if I just went with the group and did what the group did then I would be safe and then getting into the group and seeing how they operated you know seeing how like nasty they were seeing how much shame and judgment they inflicted upon others and seeing how that made the others feel 
it's like I just got deeper and deeper. You know, I had to stay now because I didn't want to go through that. Number one, go through the rejection, being rejected from the group, and then being the victim of their shame as well. So I thought it would be better to just comply. And a lot of us go through this, you know, in our friend groups or in just in our social groups, you know. But ultimately, this, of course, develops when we're children. And it develops and starts with the family, And so before you judge yourself, you know, if you resonate with this response as like being your main go-to, you know, because a lot of people classify this behavior as weak, you know, as weak-willed, as, you know, just a lot of judgment and shame, realize that you were a, a literal child having to make these big decisions based on your own sense of safety, You know, and you had to do it with no help. Because this response, like I said, usually starts with family. You had to adapt in order to be accepted. And so, no, you're not going to get no help in, in, you know, um, having in terms of safety and like standing up for yourself. Because it benefited these people more for you to comply. Growing up, a lot of us, I'm willing to bet all of us, you know, are forced into submission. In some way and somehow, you know, we have to submit to our parents' rules, their preferences, their standards. And depending on how rigid and forceful they were, you probably had little room to be yourself. And indulge in your own interests and just be the person, the child that you wanted to be and naturally were, you know, being in this type of situation, we are basically made to fawn, you know, this is our first introduction to fawning, but overall fawning is our first introduction Two, being part of a group, you know, being part of the family. We're taught we got to fawn and adapt to be accepted rather than we can be ourselves and are accepted just unconditionally. That does a lot to our brain, especially as it's developing. You know, we're realizing things that harm us very fast and in the moment. And we don't necessarily know, you know, where that goes or how that manifests. And that is why it's important to interrogate your childhood. (laughs) But (laughs) being, um, being in this type of situation, you know, We're made to abandon ourselves, you know, abandon all will and who we truly are in order to fit into a certain structure, a certain group, a certain dynamic. 
And since we're social creatures and this is our literal family, our literal blood, we literally rely on these people to survive. We see them every day. We hear them fart. You know, we study their footsteps. So we know who's walking around the house and coming down the stairs. You know? This is our first, like, this is our first introduction. And so we're gonna want to belong especially to this group especially to this group and so you know and because we trust them so much we may you know it it may just be like oh okay you know like it, it may not we may not give it a second thought we think that this is just how things are and we don't really know the harm that we're going through when this happens until later. You know, until later, we're trying to handle conflict and we can't because we keep like we can't stand on our own opinion. Until later in adulthood, we feel so weak willed. And feel like we have to have someone on our side and we can't stand alone. Because we just don't know how. Until we get to adulthood and realize we don't know how to stand and be alone. You know? And this all starts in childhood. Many of us are not accepted as we are by our families. And they actively nitpick our behavior and try to change us. You know, slight side note, because, but this happens because, mentioning the book again, she laid out that for baby boomers, but I guess like Gen X, which was the generation right before millennials, um, yeah, so Gen X and up, they're used to that type of parenting that fixed, you know? That parenting that focused on behavior and not the fact that a child was an actual person. And I guess you can kind of... mm, In a way, I don't have much time to explain this, but I'm going to say it anyway. It could spark a thought or two. These were generations where they had a lot of the benefit, you know, the social benefit of because like a lot of people did not but like overall they had the benefit of okay work hard get rewards you know work hard get the house get the thing only if you acted right though a lot of respectability but also this respectability was very accepted in these time periods you know not saying everybody accepted it but it was very like This is a very patriotic time, (laughs) you know, very, not even patriotic, but very trusting of our government, I would say, and very trusting of society and trusting in terms of really caring of what society thought very much. What is that word? Um, Conformity, you know? And so... That is a testament as to why the parenting focused on behavior, you know, a sense of rightness was very agreed upon 
with everyone, you know, with society. And so we knew if you acted quote unquote wrong, you were going to get the short stick of life, you know, the short end of life. And a lot of our parents did not want that for us. They didn't want that for their children. And so that's why parenting um, focused on behavior and on fixing And not the fact that the child was an actual person, you know, feelings were not thought about emotions, all of these things that make us human and really make our life colorful and individualize us. They were not a priority. And that's why they went ignored. They believed that a parent's job was to make sure their child behaved behaved right and so this created a a a very hyper vigilant nitpicky relationship where the parent was always there to point out and punish for a mistake always there to correct while the child this just ended with the child never feeling good enough and ultimately They ended up feeling like their entire self and being was not and never could be approved by their parents. And so when confronted with this as children, along with a certain forcefulness your parents naturally had, you know, with because it's your parent, it's your child, you know, you're going to have a certain type of forcefulness with them. So along with that, when confronted with this and the forcefulness and the risk of shame, which is big, you know, because shame is the biggest way to control a person. If you can make them feel shame, you will make them fun and comply and and try to find, okay, so what's the right way to be? Because I don't want to feel the shame and then I don't want to be isolated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and, you know, the risk of being isolated and disconnected from, we were forced to fawn. It became ingrained in us from young. And for a lot of us, this response is our default. You know, something I want to get into is the fact that our reaction to trauma and harm It's not a one-size-fits-all. You know, it's not very black and white. It's not one-way street or another-way street. It's not as concrete as we think it is. We all respond differently in general. And we all respond differently to different situations. You know, a lot of our responses are situational. And rely on certain factors that are subtle and we possibly don't consciously pick up and are aware of that get us to respond in a certain way. So whether you were more of a fighter, you were more of a flighter, or you are more of a fawner, we all have situations where we utilized either one. You know, some of us have one way that we routinely respond in, but we still responded in the other ways. Um, But yeah, so for me and a lot of people, my routine response, you know, that our child mind deep 
deemed the safest was um, the fawn response. And so getting back to the point, as children, we naturally fawned to what our parents wanted. You know, we adapted and chose, not really chose, but y'all get what I'm saying, to... I guess unconsciously chose, you know, because I don't want to just say chose because that sounds very blamey and I am not a person that chooses to utilize shame in order to make anyone comply to anything. You know, I'm not going to utilize shame, especially like in healing content. You just don't do that. Like in general, but like, especially not in healing, but a lot of people do, unfortunately. But yeah, so unconsciously chose to abandon ourselves simply because, and this hits home and it really hurts. It's a harsh truth, but we abandoned ourselves because we just wanted the love. We just wanted love. You know, we just wanted connectivity. We just wanted connection to our friends, you know, for a lot of us that kept ourselves in harmful friendships like I did. (laughs) If you're with me, listen, my fellow fawners. My heart is right here with us. And this is why I really wanted to do this episode. Because we deserve to stand 10 toes down with ourselves and not feel guilty, not feel bad, and not feel all of these things that not feel danger, you know, at the very bottom of it, but also not feel all of these things that our families, unfortunately, put in us to believe that we were if we did not comply with them. So not feel selfish, not feel stubborn, not feel um, like a bad person, not feel like the villain, not feel demonized for simply choosing to stand with ourselves. We shouldn't have gone through that sort of manipulation. You know, we deserve to stand with ourselves confidently and be able to be self-assured, very self-assured. We deserve to know that we are right. You know, and know all of the intricate ways that we are right. And we don't have to be stubborn because of it. Because if it's one thing people will do, and I'm going to get more into this later in the episode, but they will convince you of how wrong you are, how bad of a person you are, how bad you are, but also just how wrong you are when they don't get their way. And unfortunately, a lot of us fall victim to it and we become people pleasers and we become fawners and we become people that don't like conflict and are just trying to um, keep the peace because we don't want to feel that shame. 
And all of my people, like not even just my foreigners, but my people who resonate with this, we deserve to kick that shit in the dust, honestly. Cause like it's not fun. Life is so much. Take it, take it from someone who has healed, is actively healing this wound. Life is so much better, much more, um, much more clear, much less confusing when you are able to stand with yourself in all moments. And it won't always be perfect. You know, we may um, fawn in response or take flight, you know, dissociate from certain moments that really trigger us. But it's a process. And as you go deeper and deeper and make like along the process and make more progress, life is just so much more colorful, so much more bright, (laughs) so much more fun because you're truly living it with yourself and not apart from yourself, focused on other people. Life is so much more fun when you focus on yourself and you feel justified in doing that. Because people will make you feel, if you're not hypervigilant to them and their needs and what they want, their preferences, then that you're selfish or you're a bad person. And that is just not right. That's why I'm here to uncover the crap that a lot of people fling out especially our parents, honey. (laughs) I will be the villain in that scenario. So back to the point, back to the episode, back to my script. (laughs) As children, we naturally fawned to what the people around us wanted, especially our parents. We adapted and chose, not really chose. I already went through that speech. (laughs) Um, to abandon ourselves because we just wanted love. We just wanted approval from our parents just this one time and not just nitpicky and judgment and, and correction. We just wanted to be. We just wanted to feel safe, feel accomplished, feel satisfied with ourselves. And we wanted to mirror that from, to be able to mirror that from our parents. By them just feeling satisfied with us. We wanted the good attention. (laughs) All my fellow Leos out there, y'all know. (laughs) And Aquariuses, y'all be flying under the radar, but y'all know what I mean too. Sister signs for a reason, honey. We wanted the good attention and the sense of pride you know, the approval on our behavior and actions and decisions, you know, and the warmth from all of that rather than the cold judgment that we constantly felt from them and then started to constantly feel in general because we adapted to their way of thinking. So we started judging ourselves and just carrying that feeling of judgment. Because we thought we had to. And believe it or not, kids want to feel close to their parents. Emotionally. Yes. And so 
They will do pretty much anything to do that, which is why we sense no qualms in just adapting to what they want. You know, this is why we can't judge ourselves because at the end of the day, we just wanted love. We just wanted acceptance. We just wanted to be like the families we saw on TV. That we saw in the movies. That we read about. For all my bookworms out there. (laughs) That's ultimately what we wanted. And we used the tools that we had at the time to get it. So I know we carry a lot of inner shame for all of the fawn responses that we've had in our past and our present, you know. But ultimately, if you ever start to feel shame, just think of that little child that you were, you know, find compassion for them so you can find compassion for yourself because it's not your fault. You're not inherently weak-willed, you know? You don't inherently carry a fawn response. Think of fawn response. It's a response to trauma. It's a response to harm. It's a response to a dangerous situation that we needed to do what we could to feel safe in. And what we chose does not deserve any judgment. It does not deserve your judgment. It does not deserve other people's judgment. It does not deserve your parents' judgment. Whether it comes directly from them or from you, you know, because they put their judgment into you. So don't feel bad. (laughs) And I'm literally talking to myself in the mirror as I say that because we all have those days, you know, So, yeah, all of this ultimately fuels our response to trauma and harm and transitioning shapes the way that we now handle conflict. Yep. Yep. Let's get into it. (laughs) We may find ourselves not bothering to argue. We may find ourselves not speaking up for what we want or need not being comfortable asking for what we need, not standing up for ourselves in general or in the presence of certain people that remind us of our past, not asserting ourselves in a group, not asserting ourselves to someone that we feel is our authority, whether they're the same, whether they're a different age than us or not, or they're younger than us, you know? And choosing to just go with the group, even though we may have a better idea and not asserting ourselves in a group. If you find yourself doing this, and like I said, this healing stuff, it's a journey. And when you uncover certain things, you uncover other things about yourself, like the reasons as to why you do things. And so keep in mind that on one hand yeah on one hand keep in mind that the ego it will protect you (laughs) and it will create illusions and excuses for why you do the things that you do if you do not regularly check in with it 
And so if you find yourself doing any of these things, you may justify it as, oh, not everybody deserves my energy, you know, because I was one of those girlies. People are peasants, you know, and not everybody deserves my good energy. Not everybody deserves, you know, to get an argument out of me. But for me, those types of thoughts, that mindset was just a band-aid to convince myself that I didn't need to stand up for myself and for myself and induce conflict, you know, because conflict is hard for us foreigners. And in conflict, that is when we will just comply and we will feel shame in any type of conflict. And so that's how my ego um, convinced me, you know, that's how hard my ego worked. And so I'm saying, keep this on one hand, keep this in mind and regularly interrogate your ego with this um, this notion, is it just protecting me or is this something, is this something that, uh, is this a, um, what do you call those words? Not a characteristic type, like part of your morality, like a, a self rule. I don't know, child, but is this just something that I'm going to incorporate in order to you know, like, is this a good thing or a bad thing ultimately? Am I doing it just for protection in a bad way that is ultimately not for my highest good? Or am I doing it just to not, you know, get into arguments with people that clearly don't want to argue? You know, am I doing it just to not stand up for myself? Or am I not, am I not bothering to argue with people who are committed to misunderstanding me as a way to protect my peace. You know? That's something that we have to think about. So if we find ourselves um, thinking this way, you know, not bo- or acting this way, not bothering to argue, not speaking up for what we need, not being comfortable to ask for what we need and all of that, it may be because at the result of the phone response, We ultimately don't think what we feel really matters in the long run because we're just going to end up losing or having to adapt anyway. But also there's that sense of the individual versus the group dynamic where we still feel that same risk from the past that told us if we do not comply, something bad is going to happen. You know, if we do not comply, we are going to get disconnected from. People are going to hate us. People are going to stop being our friend. People are going to disconnect from us and stop wanting to be in our lives. And people are going to reject us and abandon us. And we will be all alone. And because of the effects of the phone response in our earlier years, We probably don't even know how to stand on our own. And so being alone literally scares us. Our past told us if we even try to stand on our own, then we'll be in danger. 
And so we feel we need people to stand with anyways. Or we feel a deep sense of loneliness and abandonment. The same loneliness and abandonment that we already feel under the surface from the results of the fawn response. You know, which read as consequences of it, but like not really consequences in a blame you way um, of abandoning ourselves. We are lonely. We have a deep sense of loneliness, an inner sense of loneliness because of those very first few times we learned we had to abandon ourselves in order to be accepted and to be safe. Because we've been abandoning our abandoning ourselves more and more over time. We are thirsty. We think for connection, but we are really thirsty for that inner connection. We are really thirsty for ourselves. That's what we yearn for. Thirsty for true, genuine acceptance of our authentic selves. And the quench from that thirst can really only come from us accepting ourselves, choosing ourselves when it comes down to it, you know? And that's why it helps to be aware of this so that when you get into conflict, even if it's just in a small way, maybe you, you know, it's hard to, if you were not able to handle conflict regularly in life like on a um on a constant basis it's gonna be hard to be able to start navigating conflict in a healthy way and even just being able to be in conflict and so I'm not saying the next conflict you have you know be aware of the fawn response and don't fawn and um at all and don't comply and don't um what is that word um conform to the other person because we may you know we're human but i'm saying if there's just a little way before you start dissociating from the conflict that you can stand up for yourself and choose yourself consciously do it because it'll happen more and more and then when you least expect it <laughs> When I tell you, your inner child will just start chatting in conflict and start standing up for yourself. You'll be like, whoa, where did that come from? It will literally just like spill out of you. And you will be very surprised, very proud, but still surprised. Like, whoa. (laughs) I love those moments because I'm just like, okay, girl, say it with your child. Show me who you are. (laughs) Show me the real you. But yeah, only we can be the ones to stand with ourselves to elicit true um true connectedness. What's that? The opposite of loneliness. Yeah, that. True warmth, you know, true togetherness, true connection to ourselves. Yes, we can only feel truly whole whole and centered and supported when we stand with ourselves we simply cannot rely on other people to stand with us 
to feel okay and to feel safe. You know, because the effects of that not happening, even if it happens often for some of us, like, you know, people do stand with us. You know, we have that support around us in our lives. The effects from that one time, once in a while, someone does not will be drastic. It will truly be painful and it will hurt. And we may have to abandon ourselves or feel like we have to in order to create that equilibrium again, in order to feel safe again. Because the fawn in us does not like conflicts. It does not like imbalance. And it will make us put ourselves on the ledge and the chopping block to be sacrificed before it will even think about putting the other person Because, like I said, it's a response. It is a split second response. And it will go with um, what it knows and what's familiar. And unfortunately, that is what's familiar. And that's not fair to you. Because trust me, trust me, when it comes to self-preservation... People will choose that over you, no matter how great of a person you were to them, you know? So you can't expect people to just abandon what's familiar to them and stand with you. And I don't say that to discourage us from feeling like, you know, we can find genuine and meaningful connections. That This is to just acknowledge that we live in an emotionally immature society that does not prioritize emotions and actually thrives on using shame to control us. So when it comes to escaping shame and all of the things that lead us back to it, living in this society, like accountability, Like taking responsibility for our actions, like apologizing, like admitting we were wrong, all of that, we will pick ourselves, our ego first, and our trauma, you know, and side with them, with those, I was going to say those and them, with them, before we even think about siding with the other person. Because to, to us, that's siding with ourself. And unfortunately, it's an act of protection that is really ingrained within us. Because in an emotionally immature, shame-ridden society, conflict is always a battle. You know, it's not solution-based. It's not loving. It's like entering a battlefield. And people go in it to win. And so you can't win if you apologize. Or the act of apologizing, you'll see some people, they can't even look at you while doing it. You know, they can't look at you in the eye while doing it or for a long time. Because it's seen as so shameful. I lost. And so people feel like they got to like fall down on their sword or something. 
and show like their open wounds and be like, I'm so sorry. (gasps) You know, like, (laughs) no, just apologize. But that's the thing. The society is so based on shame. And so when you develop awareness and emotional intelligence, you will break this pattern. But this pattern is truly ingrained, like I said, so deeply within us because of how we grew up in our families and by what we observe and participate in eventually within this society. We all want to belong to a group and exist comfortably and safely within the group that is this society. And so, come to think of it, we go through our own fawning to the ideals and morals and ways of being of the society. And so, waiting for people to stand with you is torture. It's not worth it because... If it means feeling the shame from childhood that stays that has stayed with them for years, they'll choose the easier option. No matter how much sense you make, no matter if it's clear that you're right, people will not give you the satisfaction or just the validation that comes with admitting to one's wrong. You know? Some people will manipulate. Some people will choose gaslighting. Some people will choose to just straight up lie. Some people will choose to minimize the harm that they that they have caused. Some people will choose to just simplify. Some people will just choose to purposely misunderstand and be disingenuous. And if you're so used to relying on people to tell you what's right, you know, you're just so used to relying on conforming or relying on people to, to tell you and show you and relying on other people to be right because you're so used to conforming, you will always be pushed around by people. Because like I said, they won't choose, they, they like people are not as morally great as we may think. And I know as fawners, we have this idea in our minds that, oh, we can rely on people. We can just trust people because, you know, people, it's not even in our mind that people will lie and that people have lied to get us to just conform to them. And that, you know, those people being our parents have done that, you know, because it it makes sense. Because when you think about it, this response formed as a child. So it's kind of like a child, like it has a childlike innocence to it that we don't even consider the fact that people will lie and manipulate us just to not be wrong. You know, just to win, just to not feel shame. And so if you don't have that awareness, you'll just be pushed around by so many people, manipulated by so many people, not know and like carrying that manipulation, carrying it, carrying it as shame because the energy is still there from it. We still absorb that energy. And we'll walk around it with it, not knowing why 
we feel so weak you know why we feel so pushed around why we feel so manipulated we won't know why until you know we start interrogating it and healing you know so this is why we must heal to create our own validation to be our own approval judge and jury to stand with ourselves 10 toes down and learn more about ourselves as we go learn our boundaries learn our standards learn what's appropriate what we deem appropriate and what we don't and choosing ourselves every time someone crosses our boundaries Choosing ourselves within conflict, even if the other person is right. Choosing not to be disrespected while in conflict, you know, because it's not that serious. You know, choosing to apologize and admit wrong without feeling like you're giving up part of yourself. You know, We're doing this so that we can ultimately just stand with ourselves and won't need other people's approval to make our own decisions. So we won't need to use other people to understand where we come from. You know, we won't need to bounce off other people. We won't need other people to show us how we are right. We will just know. We will just be that assured. We will just be that connected to ourselves and supported by ourselves that we won't need the other person in the conflict to agree with us in any way. And we will still feel that and know that we are right and that this person is just handling it in a childish way you know, an immature way, in a way that they want to be right. And you can be like, no, that's not going to fly over here. (laughs) You can be the person that's not even searching to be right, but just searching for a common ground. You know, you can be, in other words, emotionally mature. (laughs) So we're doing this ultimately because we deserve to be whole within ourselves. We deserve to cut out that middleman that is that person and their approval. We deserve to feel healthy, feel mentally healthy, be emotionally healthy. And we deserve way less stress because child if it's one thing the phone response is even more stressful than going into conflict because it's constantly searching you know for ways to not navigate conflict you know constantly searching for like higher roads and detours to take you know, um, constantly giving up yourself 
And honestly, giving up can take way more work than staying there and fighting. Because we may have all of this adrenaline, you know, bubbling up um, underneath the surface that needs to be let out. But we're forcing it down. And that may take way much effort, way much work than it would take to just fight. (laughs) You know? And I guess, yeah, closing words, ultimately, we deserve to fight for ourselves. And have someone fight for us, even if that person is just us. So, to my fellow foreigners... My fellow people who where the foreign response is, you know, their um, regularly chosen response and way of navigating conflict. I'm right with you. My heart goes out to you, you know, and hopefully this episode is was able to uncover something for you that will ultimately lead you back on the or lead you to the road, leave you back lead you back, help you realize your inner strength because you are strong. You're not inherently weak and you deserve to know that. So love (laughs) y'all. Happy healing. It's a tumultuous journey, but there are some, there's a really big reward and there are multiple really big rewards. And I hope Or not even I hope, I know that y'all will, but I just want y'all to feel all of them because it's so nice over here on the other side of the mountain, y'all. I hope the rest of y'all week goes well. I hope the rest of your day goes well. Thank you so much for listening. Um, You know, if this resonated with you, shoot me a DM and, you know, we can chat. (laughs) Like I said, thank you for listening. Y'all will hear me in the next one. Bye.